Now in part four of climate change, how do we build the optimal environment around us to succeed? And I've come to the conclusion that most people do not succeed at their highest level, partially because they don't have the right environment around them. And you see it all the time in sports teams. Um, you know, you, you'll get a guy, he has a lot of talent. Um, it's kind of the concept of the bust, right? Where you have a guy that, or a woman that has a lot of talent and you think they're going to succeed and they go to a place and for some reason they just don't, it just doesn't work out. Right now, it may be partially due to their own choices, their own work ethic. But some of the times we, we neglect to consider, did they go to the right environment? Do they fit with the team, the organization, the city that they are drafted in? And that has a bigger effect on whether or not a person succeeds or fails, then we would like to give credit. So, when we think about our environment, it is of the utmost importance that we take the time to construct our, our environment, right? Our climate in a way that is conducive to our success. So, part one, we talked about boundaries. We talked about there has to be physical or internal lines of demarcation that keep things in and that keep things out, right? Whether that be your, your schedule, right? Protecting your schedule, whether it be physical, certain people can't come in your house, whether it be relational, right? Certain people you can only be platonic friends with. We must have boundaries that show us what our territory is. Second thing, we must have roses. Right? We talk about roses being a rate of self-evolution. Right? The beauty, the, the physical and, and beauty that comes with our climate is when we are growing. Right? Vegetation is not beautiful unless it's growing. So we must be growing, but we can't just grow. We have to grow while we're producing. Those two things aren't always intertwined. You can grow, you can, you can acquire things, but if you're not producing with the things that you acquire, what is the value of the growth? There's no value, it's just, it's futile. That's why the third part was trees. In the garden, trees are what they ate from, right? We're not eating meat at this time. But trees are what provided the food. And we talked about the other trees that you can eat from that provide the fruit, right? The, the, physical, the physical sensation, right? Sensory information that our growth is producing something of value comes from the fruit that comes off of the trees. So again, it could be, it could be your finances, your career, your relationships, right? Your image, your reputation. Those things can all be trees that you can eat from. But those things don't replace the two trees 
the two big trees that are sitting in the middle of the garden that we are to center our life around, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, a representation of wisdom, and the tree of life, a representation of physical vitality, mental vitality and energy. If we center our lives around those two pillars, we have the fruit, we have we have the shade that we need to, when the sun is too hot, we can go sit under those trees. Right? The fruit that goes from there can, can have eternal consequences. Right? Again, you are what you eat. Your cells are being made off of what you eat. The fruit from the tree of life makes up your physical body. The fruit from the knowledge of good and evil leads you to make decisions and, and shapes who you are as a person. A tree is also, I didn't even say this last time, a tree is also filter the air. Trees also make sure that that the air remains clean. That there's a level of, of cleanliness and purity when you have trees. Right? And now the next part of it is animals. Right? We know that animals were in the garden. At least they were allowed to come in the garden. Because Adam's first job was to name the animals. Right? So the animals will come to Adam. They will be given a name, and whatever that name was, God confirmed it. So what does that mean for us about constructing our optimal climate? I think that trees, not trees, animals, represent things that we are responsible for that aren't ours. Because the animals weren't Adam's animals, but he was still called upon to subdue and have dominion over them. Right? And, and the same thing happens with us. And I think this is the part that people may miss when it comes to constructing their environment. They don't construct their environment with built-in responsibilities. Right? Those built-in responsibilities of being responsible for something that isn't yours adds a level of urgency kind of to the other three. To the other three parts, it adds a level of of, of humility and and humbleness and, and unselfishness that will spark you to focus on the other three areas. Because if the animals are my responsibility, I must set up a boundary to protect it. If I'm responsible for this person. I have to now go out of my way to protect that person. Build a boundary around Build a boundary around this relationship. Build a boundary around this project. Make sure that it gets worked on, that people, make sure that the meeting time is set up in, in a certain way. I now have to make sure that I'm growing because that growth impacts the other animals, the things that I'm responsible for. Right, the pollen that comes from the flowers, my roses, the bees can now use. Other people can benefit from my growth. So I must be focused on my rate of self-evolution. And now, before, we, before we're talking about eating meat in, in biblical times, consuming animal flesh, everybody ate the trees, which means that 
I'm not the only one eating the fruit that I'm producing from the trees. The trees are for an, the, the trees for everybody now. They're for animals. They're for the birds. Put their nest in it. The bees get their shade. Right. So having these responsibilities will fortify the other three areas of the climate. How many, how many responsibilities do you have in your optimal climate? See, a lot of people think the optimal climate is the optimal place, but they can just do what they do and not have to worry about anybody else. And has that ever worked? It's never worked to just do you. And I think we, we can scale it out and look at it culturally, and that's where the degradation of, of the value system of, of the Western world has come into has come under attack because now we want to live in this world where it's I just want to go over here and do me. I should be allowed to do what I want to do as long as I don't hurt anybody. I just want to live my life the way I want to live it. And you have this you have the counter the counterculture to that is this legalistic domineering domineering part of of people who want to impose their values on other people. And see, when we go look at look at the garden, that's not the relationship between the human being and the animal. Adam wasn't imposing its will upon the animal. The animal wasn't rebelling against Adam. There was, a, there was a coexistence because there was a codependence. I, in the animal's eyes, Adam is responsible for giving me my identity and providing the space in which I inhabit. I submit. Or Adam saying, these animals, I'm not responsible for, so it's my, my responsibility to go out here and create the environment for everyone to succeed. For everyone to live in harmony. And because this isn't mine, this is a gift from my father, my creator. I have to, I have to work for the good of them. And again, I don't think it's a coincidence that you see the, the running away from responsibility leading to suboptimal climates which then leads to people having less kids because kids are, are an easy way to get to a responsibility once you have a kid now that is your responsibility nobody else's and so one of the weakest arguments against abortion is the foster care system the government is not supposed to take care of other people's kids the parents job. You mad at the organization because you don't want to be a parent. So that's why you shouldn't have kids because, or that's why people, people should be able to, to kill children while they're unborn is because if they came out, the person whose woman came out doesn't want the responsibility. They want to pass the responsibility on somebody else. And once we understand this relationship of, of not domineering not imposing, not not being dominant and tyrannical with 
our responsibilities. They don't bow to your every beck and call, but it gives you an aim to create the environment. That the environment is not just for you, it's for everybody else to be able to come into your environment and be able to inhabit there and leave better than they came out. Leave better than they came in. So when we think about the animals and the beasts of, of the sky and the, and the sea and the land and our environment, they're not there for any other reason other than to add responsibility that makes us fortify the other areas of our optimal climate. So if you're going to have an optimal climate for your success, and if you're going to put the environment around you, that environment has to have animals. And by animals, I mean responsibilities for things that aren't yours.